Pitt basketball season is over, but that doesn't mean the work is done. In fact, it's just starting with the transfer portal. Austin Bechtel joins me today to talk about that and the season overall. It's all coming up today on this episode of Locked on Pitt. You are Locked on Pitt, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked on Pit Podcast, everybody. As always, I'm your host, Nick Fairbaugh, and I'm joined by a very special guest today, Austin Bechtold from Pittsburgh Sports Now. Austin, welcome to the show, man. Hey, Nick. Thanks for having me. Really good to join you for the first time on Locked On. And, you know, we had a great experience in Greensboro twice, ACC and then the NCAA tournament. Good to talk to you. Yeah, twice down in Greensboro. Not once, but twice. Pitt went down there, of course. Great season for the Panthers. And uh, you got to experience Dayton, too. On top of that, Austin, you got to to taste the rainbow, if you will, uh, in your first year on the Pitt beat. Um, I'm, I'm sure those experiences certainly uh, rank atop some of your, your experiences covering basketball so far. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. I do a lot of high school sports as well, but the atmosphere of Dayton was unlike anything I've ever seen for a pit basketball game outside of the Pete. It felt like you were four hours away in Pittsburgh at the Peterson event center. It was that loud, that friendly of a pit crowd. It was just an atmosphere that I hope really resonated on TV for people that were at home watching. There were so many pit fans that went a ton of Oakland zoo shirts and just overall the excitement of the players after that game, you could tell, I mean, Greg Elliott said that the chance gave him chills of how just incredible that experience was. And then to go down to Greensboro, a lot of Pitt fans showed up for that too. For Pitt to win two games in the NCAA tournament after being projected 14th in the conference, this season by all stretch of its imagination was a complete and utter success. And I, what else could you have really asked for from Pitt? Jeff Capel, fifth year, needing a season like this to be able to have the program in a positive direction. And for me to be a part of it in my first year is something that I never could have expected. And I'm just appreciative of. Yeah. It it wasn't just a season that overachieved. It was a season that almost seemed like a miracle out of of nowhere, Uh, you know, with all the portal guys, but uh, Pitt went not just to the, not just the tournament. They won two games in that tournament, which I think, Austin is really what what tells you about this team. They had their biggest upset ever in the NCAA tournament, defeating Iowa State as an 11 seed. That's their biggest ever upset um, for Pitt. Um, that's impressive enough. Um, and then you know they they bounced back from what was a really bad stretch to win those two games in the tournament. Uh, yes, they didn't beat Xavier, but uh, it was a really really good way for this team to go out to to get the right feet under them to start getting some positive momentum. I don't know, Austin, you kind of look back at, at other seasons under Jeff Capel compared to this one. It feels like what the biggest difference was to me were two things. They got the shooting they needed, which they didn't have in previous years. And then obviously is they gelled. Um, you and I have heard all about that from these players and Capel and the coaches, just how this group kind of came together in a special way, in an organic way, and they liked playing for one another. That has always been a big trouble for Pitt's program under Jeff Capel has been the kind of the chemistry part. But I think you and I would both agree that probably was the biggest reason why they overachieved. I never really came into this season thinking this team was 
uber uber talented um but they they were talented enough and when they came together they were better than the sum of their parts um they just played so well together and i think that was a big reason why no there's no doubt about it and the iowa state game talk about how great pitt has been shooting the three ball no matter who it is elliot henson whoever iowa state didn't have a field goal for the first 10 minutes of the game and pitt defensively was fantastic iowa state scored i believe it was 41 points it was the lowest points an Iowa State team has scored in a March Madness game since 1944 when there were eight teams in the tournament. It was a fantastic performance by Pitt, and it just showed how much this team can come together and put it together on, on both ends. You mentioned how close they are. After the game in the postgame press conference, one of my key takeaways, just watching the body language of the guys, Jeff Capel was so emotional. After the game. And it wasn't exactly truly what he said, but you could tell that once the players started asking questions, Capel was just looking off to the side of the room. And the first time that he was being asked a question after Nike Sabandi, Greg Elliott, Nelly Cummings, and Maurice Burton were, he couldn't even look at the guy asking the question. Capel was so emotional. He knew just how important these guys were for saving pit basketball this year, for bringing them back to a new level. I mean, they were 12 games over 500, 24 and 12 overall. They had a chance to win the conference on the final day of the regular season. Could have won it the second to last game of the regular season before everything ended up falling apart. I mean, a couple of different things that ended up going wrong there. It's neither here nor there at this point. But he knew that these guys molded, gelled in a way that no other pit team in his tenure has and he just struck gold in the transfer portal. Where are you going to find a Nellie Cummings, Lincoln Park local point guard in his fifth year that led his team in scoring in the NCAA tournament the two previous years? I mean, you're not. Where are you going to find Nike Sabandi, who ended up with, it was 17, 1800 career points, the sixth man of the year in a landslide in the ACC? That's going to be pretty hard to be able to find. Jamarius Burton, two strong years for Pitt after bouncing around Wichita State and Texas Tech. And Greg Elliott, a guy who came off the bench for Marquette, averaged six points a game, goes into your starting lineup, starts every game, and averages double figures and shoots well behind the arc. Every, everything that you could have asked of these players and that you could have gotten out of them, Jeff Capel was able to do. And, I mean, credit the whole entire coaching staff. No, you'd be lying. And Greg Elliott mentioned this a couple of different times. His two expectations at the beginning of the year were to be able to prove people wrong that projected them so low in the ACC standings and to be able to get to the NCAA tournament. That's what he said in Dayton, and that's what they did. And it was just incredible to see overall from this team to be able to put this successful season together after, I mean, you know, Nick, nobody, nobody expected much at all from this team going into the year. It was going to be what could Jeff Capel do to try to turn it around, how much progress is going to be made. And you got to give a lot of credit to Heather Like. She stuck with it. She said how proud she is of the team. And we talked to her um, after Jeff Capel and the players talked at the very end of the game after Xavier. This team was locked in this year. They were a team that just loved being around each other. Everything meshed. It's going to be hard to replace so many of the guys, the five departing seniors. This is going to be a memorable year that goes down in the lore of Pitt basketball for a very long time. And I asked Jeff Capel, what do you want this team to be specifically known for, whether it be a week from now, a month from now, a couple of years from now? And just that they showed up every day, they gave it their all. And 
the guys talked about how they just put pit basketball back in the map, and that's what it mattered really most. And that is, I think, the the takeaway from this year is that they have put the, the team back on the map, and it's better than where it was. Uh, this program had not been to the tournament since 2016. Uh, that was that was the facts, and now they've won two games just like that. Uh, their first win in nine years in the NCAA tournament, let alone two wins in the NCAA tournament. Um, so very impressive to me this season. But just like that, you have to move on from this season too, Austin. And, yes, Nelly Cummings, Greg Elliott, Nike Sabandi, Jamari Burton are gone. But the transfer portal's hot and running already. Uh, I mean, we did not even wait – a day, I think, until we heard of the first few names uh, for Pitt to be connected to. Um, it, it's that quick. Uh, Jeff Capel did say he was going to go back to the hotel and start looking at it, and they have. And just some names, um, Chris Ledlam out of Harvard, Zach Austin from High Point, Dontrez Styles, Puff Johnson, um, Miles Studi. Um, you look at all these guys. Um, Peyton Sparks was, was reported today by George Michalowski, of course, our good friend George. Um, Jalen Withers out of um, Louisville. You have a bunch of guys that Pitt has talked to, and that is very interesting. Uh, Taylon Cooper is another one uh, that came this, this I think, today. Mustafa Amzel, uh, he's kind of a big one. Denver Jones, I think I've covered just about everybody that Pitt has been connected to thus far. But let's just start basically from a macro view, Austin. You look at the team, what they're losing. Uh, you take into account that Barnes, Carrington, and Lowe are coming in. We don't have any. We don't have any inkling of who else might go into the portal yet, other than John Hughley, who's already entered his name into the portal. What does Pitt need? They have three open scholarships right now. What are you looking for positionally and attribute-wise to add to the team? It's not the first thing that I would prioritize, but I do think that they need a big whether it be a stretch four or just a back-to-the-basket center. The the Twins played so well down the stretch. I mean, Guillermo, once he was inserted into the starting lineup, was a completely different player than he looked in January, even in February, when Pitt was coming down the stretch and really starting to ramp up talks of being able to win the ACC. But Jorge and Guillermo are guys that can shoot the three ball. They, they're definitely, I think, going to put on some more – muscle in the weight room coming up this offseason. Federico is a big piece. But I think if you are able to find somebody who is able to help Pitt rebound the basketball, which at times was a struggle, that's going to be a big key. Also, replacing three-point shooters. Greg Elliott not coming back is leaving a hole overall three-point-wise. And you're going to need a point guard. Nellie Cummings was the guy. If you're looking right now overall for Pitt, who is – Who's the point guard? Are you going to want a freshman running the offense for the Panthers? I don't know. Is Dior Johnson going to be – he's probably going to be more off the ball than anything. So yeah. I would look I would look right now at a big a big who can rebound the basketball and maybe not as so much a starter but as the first or second guy off the bench and a point guard and another wing, somebody who could shoot the three ball. I really like Jalen Withers. Seeing him play against Pitt twice for Louisville – his ability to score, he can defend, he can just do a lot of different things, very versatile, can score in a lot of different ways. I just think that his abilities would fit Pitt and would be able to fit the skill set. But at the same time, this is going to be a completely new roster. Other than a couple of holdovers, you lose most of the starting lineup. Federico is back, the Twins are back. You get Will Jeffress 
back from injury as well after being out for the entire year. Dior Johnson more than likely will be a key contributing factor as well. And then you got to see who else is going to be able to pick up the tempo. Obviously, Blake Hinson will be in the starting lineup. So overall, one common theme that you're seeing with a lot of the guys that Pitt has reached out to that uh, George Michalowski and company here at Pittsburgh Sports Now reported that it's been a lot of hype. It's been bigger guys, guys that can stretch the floor, but also a couple of guys that are able to score the basketball at will. And that's what Pitt's going to need. I mean, you're replacing Nellie Cummings, a double figures guy, Greg Elliott, so many guys that have been key offensive contributors. Jamarius Burton was tied with in the team lead in points. There's a lot that you got to replace. And I'm not sure this is not 2014 Kentucky basketball where, and just the 2014 basketball in college in general, where freshmen are dominating at the moment. We started to, at least I think, get back into the realm of more experienced guys, especially in the tournament now, are the ones who are getting farther and are now playing in the Sweet 16. Yeah, I think that's something you noted. Another thing I'd note, just about everybody they reached out to can shoot the three. Um, that That's another thing. You even talk about the big guys. I mean, Amzil's a six foot ten guy that shot the rock at 36% from deep. Withers can shoot the ball from deep. Ledlam can shoot the ball from deep. Uh, everybody can shoot the ball. I think the only guy that they haven't reached out that they reached out to that can't shoot the ball is uh, is Peyton Sparks from Ball State. Now he's good. When I I think you know you talked about the needs that that they could have. I think I'll, I'll even specify that more. Um, I think they need a wing type. I think they need a, a two through four type of guy, um, three four type guy that can shoot the three and, and kind of help Blake Henson a little bit. Um, Felt like Henson at times got kind of pushed into playing more than maybe they wanted him to, or they couldn't use him in correct alignments because they didn't really have a true backup for when Will Jeffers got hurt. They tried it with Nate Santos, didn't completely work out. So Nike Sabandi essentially became that. Um, so that is something I think they need. But I think they're looking for a, a charge off the bench. I, I think that's kind of pretty clear when you look at the, uh, the, the guys when you say you can score in bunches. I think they're looking for a Nike type, uh, a guy that can just come in, score a lot in bunches off the bench if one of their guys is off in the starting lineup. I think Sparks is particularly interesting, though, because he reminds me a lot of North Shadow Mir um, out of Miami. Uh, he's a guy that's bouncy. He can bang around. He gets a lot of rebounds. Uh, that's something that I, I think Pitt, when they take a big, they have to decide what type they want. Do they want that type of big, a guy that can come down, be athletic, finish at the rim, play some really good defense and get rebounds, but maybe can't shoot the three as well? Or are they going to go for a guy that can stretch the floor? I think both have good and bad consequences, but I think the biggest weakness of this team last year was the rebounding. Um, so I don't know if they add, if they add a, a type like sparks, I think that's interesting. I think the point guard discussion is interesting. I think it mostly hinges on what they see in Jalon Blow. If they think the freshman's going to be a point guard or not, I think Dior's pretty clearly going to be a point guard, at least one of their two point guards, one of their two ball handlers. But with JB and Nelly, we saw that they're willing to play both ball handlers. So I think that guy could be a two that can shoot too. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see that. Like a guy like Denver Jones would fit that mold where he's a two, he's six foot four, but can handle the ball. So it would be him and Dior. Um, I think, and, and so that's my three. I think they need a big, I think they need a wing, and I think they need a two one that can really shoot the rock because they're going to have a decent guard rotation next year. Jalon Lowe, Carlton Carrington, Dior Johnson. They need one more guy in there and it's got to be a vet. I think, you know, 
You can't really go into the season with three freshman guards and expect them to be not be volatile. You need a vet there to calm them down. Um, and then I, I'm kind of interested on the big front. I, I don't know what they're going to do. They have plenty of shooting in the front court already with Henson, Guillermo, and Jorge, but it doesn't ever hurt to have another guy that can shoot the three. And if they get an Omir type, where does that guy slot in? Um, it's kind of interesting. I think that they're trying to prepare themselves by going for more height for those lengthier teams like a Duke did. Like, right? Like when they struggled against Duke, when they struggled against um, Florida State, length really got to them. I think they're trying to combat that a little bit. Um, so I think it's interesting. Um, I, what direction would you go with the big? Would you go with a guy that can bang down low a little bit more and get rebounds, or would you go with the shooter? Well, I think you have the shooters in the Twins, and Norchad Omer would be that, that style of player would fit Pitt pretty fantastically at that point. Is Peyton Sparks that type of guy from Ball State? I don't know. The, the fascinating thing about the transfer portal, there are, what, thousands, hundred, hundreds, we'll go with, guys that are in the transfer portal. These are the guys, these are like the 10 names that we've heard of in the past week. Those are just the ones we know about. That's what Pitt has reached out to. I mean, how deep are those conversations? That also is we don't know. we don't know about. It could have literally been Jason Capel reaching out to Jalen Withers. Hey, we like your game. We'd like to talk more about potentially you coming to Pitt. And he heard about it, said, okay, we'll talk down the road. And maybe there's nothing else. I mean, that, I don't have any information about that, but that potentially could be one example of what just reaching out could be. I mean, you got to put some context around how deep is the talks. I like Dontre Styles, the sophomore wing from North Carolina. We talked about, do you need a prototypical big? Do you need a wing? He would fit the wing category. And Caleb Love, R.J. Davis, Puff Johnson, Leaky Black, there was no minutes for Styles to play. He only averaged six minutes a game, and he scored about two points a game in 15 total games. He would be a guy that I think that I would target. He was one of the guys preliminarily that we heard about that Pitt had reached out to when he entered the transfer portal. In terms of a big, Norchad Omer would be the great prototypical type guy, as I said earlier. Somebody who could rebound the basketball, score, but he can also run in transition. And he is a glue guy. He is tough. He's physical. We saw when he ended up getting hurt in the ACC tournament, just him come back, battle back, and um, not so much in that tournament game, but down the stretch, Miami's playing fantastic basketball. And it's still in this type of position. And being able to have a veteran leader, obviously Miami has a ton of skilled players, but he is one of the reasons why. And if you find somebody who fits a very similar mold, and it's tough because when you look at the pit transfers that came in this past year, everybody hit. Did, did any of the transfers miss this year? I don't I don't think so. They all hit. How often does that happen? You're you're finding diamonds in the rough. Overall. I mean, Nellie Cummings was at Colgate. Nike Sabandi, Ball State, somebody who came up to the next level, had to overcome an ACL injury. Blake Hinson didn't play for two years. Federico Federico was from North Florida. like Northern Oklahoma CC. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they're pulling these guys from wherever. We're listing off a lot of guys who are from high-profile programs. Yes, I know they're down, but Louisville's still an ACC school, historically a solid program. North Carolina, 
other types of schools we talked about have been a little bit of majors, but still, I mean, a lot of the guys that are climbing the ranks, at least for Pitt recently, have been guys that have come from mid-majors that are taking that extra step in their final year. So potentially a couple more grad transfers, guys that are using a fifth year with their COVID eligibility could be the answer. But people might think that they don't need a center. They don't need a big because what are you returning? The three bigs. So is that really what you need to prioritize? And I, I don't think it is. I would put point guard number one, but there are, there's question marks behind this team going forward. It's not so much, and I think you could say the same thing about a lot of the local teams in the area, college basketball teams, WVU, Penn State. It's, the, okay, you've gotten to the tournament, more so for uh, the team in Central PA than in West Virginia. What do you do now? How do you move forward? You've gotten a taste. You reach the round of 32. For Pitt, you won two games. Do you have guys now that they see that in the transfer portal after the transfers this past year were able to build Pitt back into a program that is a lot more respected than it was just 12 months ago when the transfer portal was running rampant? How much of a factor does that play? And I think that it could help bring more recruits in, especially when you know that you'll have the ability to play with up-and-coming players like the Diaz, Grams, Blake Hinson, and Federico. I think one thing Jeff Cable has always been really good at in his tenure at Pitt has been player evaluation. You talk about his his hit rate in the portal. It's astoundingly good. Um, we're talking about Nike Sabandi out of a Mac school uh, who ends up being the ACC sixth man of the year. Jamarius Burton becomes a first-team All-ACC guy as a bench dude at Texas Tech um, out of that. I mean, that is great talent scouting. Greg Elliott, Marquette bench guy. Um, Blake Henson, as you said, didn't play for two years, and then all of a sudden he's a second-team All-ACC-er. Nelly Cummings out of Colgate. Um, you know, there are misses in there, of course. Um, Daniel Ladapo, for example. But even last year, you know, you can talk about Mo Gee um, out of Stony Brook. Yeah. That, that was a really good player for them last year. Um, I think that could be a type of guy they could look for um, if they can get a Mo Gee guy type of guy um they kind of have that in guillermo and jorge but i wouldn't be against three of them um but you know i I look at at what they have and they got a lot of good in the front court i just think that their rebounding problems have to be solved one way or another that's the question but jeff capel's been a great scout and his staff i think has developed a routine now i think he's kind of figured out the portal in a way to where he's able to use it to his advantage um so He's not going to always hit on, on all the guys, but we'll see. I want to ask you one last question, Austin. We talk about the portal. I want to ask you about one specific player because he has local ties, and, and of course, people are talking about him. Puff Johnson um, out at UNC. He played at Moon. Um, brother of Cam Johnson, obviously. He played at Pitt and then went to UNC and is now in the NBA. Do you think Puff Johnson would be a good fit for Jeff Capel's team next year? And if so, why? That's a good question. I, I think it, it would be the opposite route. No? His brother started Pitt and go to UNC and for Puff UNC to Pitt, he would be a good presence on the defensive side. His offense is nowhere near what Cam is, but Puff is a solid defensive player. I think that he'd be able to fit a role. I don't know how great he would be offensively. I do like his game. Again, he was a bench guy, I think second off the bench for North Carolina. He did see the floor more so than Styles, way more. 
he dealt with foul trouble in games against Pitt, especially at the game at the Pete earlier this year when North Carolina, who ended up going 0-2 against Pitt this past year. So could Puff go to Pitt? It's a possibility that he would want to come home, see how it goes. Is is that what Jeff Capel wants to do and use one of his three scholarship players on? I don't know. I think that's a fascinating player to look at because the offensive productivity has not been there. Now, increased playing time, I think, obviously would be an increased factor in an offensive production being a lot higher. But at the moment, where where would you even see Puff slot in? He'd probably be the Nike Sabandi rule, six man off the bench. But I don't think he shoots the three as well as Sabandi. He probably plays as good, if not better, defense than Nike did. You're talking about what? If you're making a ballpark guess on what the starting five is next year, you know Blake Henson's in it. You know Federico's in it. You think that one of the tw- – you think that Guillermo might be in it if they want to go two bigs? Mm-hmm. And then you're talking – So I have a fascinating theory that they are going to do a far more matchup dependent type of, of starting lineup – or maybe against bigger teams, you see Guillermo and Fede in. Yeah. But maybe different times, it's a new transfer. And that's why I think maybe a wing type could work. But Puffin is an example of a guy that could slot in at that three spot. That could be interesting. Yeah, I think he can. And he's got a ton of abilities. If you go right to North Carolina for college basketball, you can play. That's blue blood basketball, high-level ACC. If you're an ACC guy transferring to another ACC program, you're going to probably more than likely have success. And would Puff be able to benefit from playing at home? Potentially. Is that a factor for Nelly Cummings? I think he was just a solid overall good player and a ton of experience. But Cummings also played a lot more minutes than Puff Johnson has at North Carolina. So he had seen a lot more ball, especially a lot more college ball in terms of the NCAA tournament. But at the same time, Puff was a big part of UNC's run to the national championship last year. I think he could be able to bring some of that veteran experience to the point of that Pitt did not have until this year when you get a taste with Henson and Twins and Federico who will come back and will know what it takes to be able to get to that point. And Puff knows what it takes too. So whenever you could bring a guy in that is from an experienced program, has been in the NCAA tournament, there's no doubt that that's – a positive where he would slot in maybe on the bench, but it all determines on who they'd bring in. I would give him a chance, but I'd also want to see how the waters play out with other transfers. Pitt is probably, and we just don't know about it, reached out to a hundred and 150 guys, 120 guys. That might be a complete, another over-exaggeration who they're really specifically targeting might be a group of five, 10 players. Could Puff Johnson be a part of it? There's a chance. I mean, there's a relationship with the Pitt program and the Johnson family. Yeah, there certainly is, and we'll see kind of if that develops and where their real uh, interest is. I think we'll start to finally feel that out when guys start coming for visits, and I think that's going to be the big thing uh, to watch in the future. Their first commit last year was on April 1st. That was Nelly Cummings, so it could come very, very soon for all we know. Austin, man, thanks for coming on. Tell them where they can read your stuff, follow you, all that great stuff. Yeah, on Twitter at Austin R. Bechtold. Uh, Right for Pittsburgh Sports Now. There's some pirate stuff for Bucks dugout. Lots of different things going on. Uh, great to be with you, Nick. Thanks for having me on, man. Really appreciate it and hope to talk to you again soon. Appreciate you coming on, man. Folks, that's all for today on Locked on Pit. And as we ended here, as always, hail 